Welcome to another edition of the Oscar Central Podcast. I'm your host, Jacob. Um, we are here today. Sorry if you hear noise in the background. There's a, I guess, tournament going on or something. Um, but um, we are joined today with Kinsey, Alec- Lexi. Sorry, your name on your name on here gets me mixed up. Lexi. Um, and Nicole will be here in the next couple or so minutes. Um, Kenzie, how are you? I'm good. I survived the first day of Chromatica from Twitter. I will never be the same. I'm going to buy tickets on StubHub. Um, but yeah, I'm great. Just sent me to another place, Babylon to be specific, but you know, we were getting, uh, we were getting updates all day from Kenzie. So we were definitely as much a part of, uh, Chromatica as she was, I feel, Yes. Um, Lex, how are you? I'm good. Um, I just got back from Wilmington where I was with Nicole. We saw Josh Groban in concert. Um, and then the next day I wore a Metallica shirt to the beach. So that is the range that my music taste <laughs> extends to. Um, yeah, it was a good time. Josh, Josh puts on a good show. You know, the, it's not too crazy because, you know, didn't want anyone in the, audience having heart attacks but um yeah no good times did he uh did he raise anyone up no he closed with that um i dm'd him and said please 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 sing dust and ashes from great comet and was like heartbroken when he did not do that but uh he closed with you raise me up okay that's a, well, that's a good closing song yeah my one beef is that he talked about David Foster multiple times over the course of that concert and I have a personal vendetta with uh, David Foster. So could have done without that, but otherwise great time. Well, Josh, Listen, David sure Foster you, uh... is like the real housewife, David Foster. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I just wanted to clarify because his claws are in deep with so many musical artists. That, oh, I know. Um, but um, not a fan, not a fan, not no. a fan. Wasn't a fan back in the day. Looking back, rewatching, not a fan. Nope. Not a nope. fan. Get out of here. Nobody asked for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, Definitely Josh, make sure you go read your DMs next time before a concert. Um, yeah, help Josh. His career. Um, has anyone seen anything recently um, within the past week or so that they liked didn't like do they see anything that has oscar potential i guess i'll start with this one um i watched the gray man um i'm sorry best picture best actor oh my god uh best waste of my time um (laughs) no i didn't say that um no yeah it not great um very generic there were a couple really cool like action set pieces um placed throughout but it was they they no one in there should have done what they were doing um what do you think about it being ryan gosling's return after what many myself included consider his best performance to date first man oh like me was too. it worth yeah. the was it worth the him i disappearing? think I think that Ryan Gosling, when he made the nice guys, he like altered his career 
almost in like a Chris Hemsworth type of way where it's like he plays that like still kind of action but that like himbo like funny really well wait he's funny in this no 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 that's what I'm saying (laughs) oh you wish he was yes and so like doing something like this I feel like is very much not what he's best at he is funny he's the funniest part of the movie um and there's a lot of scenes like there's a lot of reactionary scenes which i feel like he's very good at especially if you see the big short um but there's also it's also just not it it looks and feels like it's a waste of his time i feel like and i think barbie is something that's like much more down his alley that he can like really especially i'm i've like stopped looking into i mean i haven't really seen any anymore but i'm not like a person when um people take video of movies being filmed i try to like avoid them but his scream is something Mm -hmm. i'm so thankful i got to hear because it is like confirming this movie is like one of my most anticipated because ryan gosling as a comedic actor is something i am obsessed with like I don't demand sequels, but like, where is the nice guy's sequel? Like I'll never understand. And so I'm just really excited that like, maybe this was like a blip in the road. We're not very excited. He did this, but like, like you're saying, like, at least we have Barbie coming up and that's definitely much more his real house. And like Greta Gerwig is going to know what to do with Ryan Mm -hmm. Gosling. Like in Greta, we trust. Like she is going to know what to do. I I will say though, that, the gray man is definitely rivaling ambulance for the most drone shots. There was a time where I texted Nicole and I was like, there's like a million drone shots in this movie. And before she texted back, there were three more, three I separate ones in like Ricky. one scene. No, it was you. You were like, did you get to the drone shot in ambulance? And I was like, doesn't <laughs> it, was... it open with the drone shot? Yeah. Like, what do you mean did i get to it i still never finish ambulance i'm not gonna lie to anyone there's a there's a shot in um in the gray man where it like starts really high and then it like drones into a um into a hospital and it like goes around cars and then it goes into the hospital and then it like morphs into like a handheld camera and i was like i felt like the russos watched that and they were like we know how to direct (laughs) And it's well, they no. know everything about cinema, don't uh, you? Don't you know this? Like, yeah, they're, whatever. I'm, I'll save that for well. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about that soon. Um, other than that, I saw Thor, which of course we talked about last week. I don't know if I mentioned last week that I did see the Sea Beast recently, which I really did enjoy. If you're on, is that on Netflix now? Yes, I'm I gonna watch so. it. it they. Be. Everyone has spoken so highly about it, and I will definitely watch it because I paid for Netflix for this month yeah. on accident. So it's not like I mean, it's not like super emotional, but there is like a lot of subtext in the sense of like how history is perceived and that kind of stuff. Um, really, heard, is Jared Harris really good in it? Like, yes. His- yeah. I think all the voice actors are really good in that. Um, I always felt like um, him on Mad Men, he did such a good job at like communicating emotion just through his voice. So mm-hmm. I'm very like against famous actors doing voice performances unless it's like really like warranted. So I'm thinking I'll really enjoy his performance because 
he's really good at like communicating that kind of emotion and him as like a sea captain are you kidding it's perfect yep. it's perfect yeah um but have you seen anything I saw, um, I feel bad talking about this without Nicole. I saw Mrs. Harris goes to Paris. Which and... which is actually Miss Harry goes to Paris. True, true. Um, I saw it with Jillian, actually. It was the first time we hung out in real life. Amazing. Oscar Central R- IRL. Um, but we saw it at like a book club event or something. I don't know. It had like a little pre-recorded Q&A and it was at the beginning and he was like, the director and writer he's like not to spoil the movie but we were like what like because <laughs> i didn't read the book but um i loved that and i really think it should get in for costumes and jillian had a really good point she was like make this a franchise make her go get a gown from another designer after this a little balenciaga not current balenciaga obviously um but it was really funny to me but i love the costumes in it and um I don't know it was great I think it's so cute and I feel like if we cared about the Golden Globes that would be a great um musical comedy performance to nominate um what else oh I finally finally saw official competition which I absolutely love very much my jam hilarious anyone who cares about awards should watch it um there's one scene I watch through my fingers I won't lie (laughs) Um, but the sound design is like like just the sound in general is so good in that movie and there's no reason for it to be so good and I don't think it'll get a nomination obviously but would be very warranted it's so good I was like confused as to why a movie this small had such good sound but is it eligible this year it is it is okay I wasn't yeah, sure because it, it had a, like a festival premiere but it never had a run okay. like outside of that what? so that's is that Spain Yes. So that I could think. be their their push this year. So you it actually know. Could like get, last yeah. year with their stupid undercover boss They're- movie. <laughs> like I don't know. I will never forgive them. I don't understand. But you know, I I don't think it'll go anywhere with awards. But I mean, it's definitely so fun. And mm-hmm. if you have the opportunity to see it, see it. I re- literally like. I had Friday off and it was playing, and I was like, I'm gonna go see this at 10 a.m. So. Yeah, cool. I really am. I'm really looking forward to that one. I've been looking forward to it for a while. Um, yeah, I it's been saying time. it's playing forever. And I live in LA. You would think it'd be really accessible, and I couldn't find it anywhere. And I literally had to go see it at 10 a.m. So cool, Love Los that. Angeles. Um, Lex, have you seen anything recently other than Josh Garvin? Yeah, um, I've seen Thor, which we talked about that last week. Um, not eligible this year but um i did see free guy for the first time last night really enjoyed that um and then oscar nominated free guy oscar nominated free guy oscar nominated free guy was one of two oscar nominees i did not watch that were nominees so i i have this weird like it's not that i have anything against him personally I just didn't, Ryan Reynolds does not do it for me. So I, I have something against him. So go all out with this conversation. Like there, there you go. <laughs> no, I just like, he doesn't do it for me. So I put it off. I, I was pitched that movie incorrectly. If you'd led with Joe Keery and Taika Waititi, I would have been there. I would have been there in the theater. I would have seen it. I would have watched it on Disney plus. Um, but 
the main takeaway I have from that movie is Joe Carey and Taika Waititi. Um, if Nicole were here, she would back me up on that. If um, I'll speak for Nicole, I texted Nicole a very great fanfic um, outline to mm-hmm. this movie. So okay. if anyone wants to hire me to write Nicole specifically fanfic about Taika Waititi and Joe Carey in Free Guy, um, email me. Thanks. Good to know. Good to know. <laughs> um, and why do I feel like I was supposed to go see Top Gun Maverick last week, but then something came up. I've still not seen that. So I'm going to see. <laughs> I I know. I know. I know. I know. I know. And well, I trust me. Even- trust me. People are still seeing it nonstop. <laughs> oh, I know. I'm seeing. So I'm seeing Mrs. Harris goes to Paris tomorrow night. Wednesday night of this week, I'm going to see. Um, I know this week is going to be a hard week for me work-wise so I'm basically planning something every night to like help me get through the day mm-hmm. so Monday is Mrs. Harris goes to Paris Tuesday I'm getting dinner with a friend Wednesday is Top Gun and Thursday Thursday is, is... nope Elvis. oh Elvis? okay yes. <gasps> oh my god I'm so excited I are you seeing it with someone who hasn't seen it no I'm seeing it by myself I love that I love that I love going to the movies by myself. Me too. And I so I was supposed to go see Elvis again a couple of weeks ago, and my dog got pneumonia, so mm-hmm. then I didn't. Um, when I saw it the first time, it was like with a group. I kind of want to just sit in the theater by myself mm-hmm. and just take that in. I love that. I yeah. highly recommend because I saw it by myself the first time I saw it, but I saw it at a brunch screening, so it was kind of like distracting. Mm-hmm. And then when I saw it with my coworkers, I kind of like tuned them out other than um, one scene when he first performs because I was really interested in how they reacted. But I feel like that movie is so flashy that it's really good to see it by yourself after you've seen it already mm-hmm. to like take it in and notice like, honestly, when I watched it again and I noticed the production design just because not only was it all shot in Australia, so everything was built as a set which is just so impressive but they did all this during covid and i was kind of like at the peak of it and you're trying to like figure out how they did things Mm -hmm. and i feel like you can only really appreciate that one after you've already seen it and two by yourself so and i'm also just like i would go to the movies by myself every day if i could so yeah i love going to movies i love going to movies by myself i love seeing like live theater by myself that's just Yeah. I was so against, like, I wasn't against it. I was just, like, kind of embarrassed at first for the longest time to do stuff mm-hmm. by myself. But I feel like after you, one time, you're like, wow, this is better mm-hmm. than anything on earth. And you cannot stop doing it. Yep. Um, Like, the only, only downside to having a kid is I can't do that every day. But pre-kid, I was seated every day by yeah. myself at a movie. Yep. Love. Yeah. Well, awesome. Hopefully everyone goes to see Nope this weekend so that we have something to talk about on Sunday. I know I'm seeing it Tuesday. Um, when does the embargo break? I feel like I read it was Wednesday. Wednesday yeah. morning at, I would l- like to say, noon Eastern. Yeah, I think um, that's what I read. I've got it right here. Wednesday, Jul- July 20th. Yeah, noon Eastern time. Which is a good time, uh, yeah. usually. So follow Jacob on Twitter for his social reaction. 
Yes. I, they did say, I don't, I think social reaction is just free to go because they didn't say oh, anything cool. about that. So if they get mad at me, that's not my fault. Um, don't kill Jacob. But yeah. So uh, when we get into news for the week, um, she said, dropped their first trailer. Uh, what was everyone's thoughts on it? Not not saying anything, but you guys might have gotten a sneak peek of it before it actually came I out. I think we did, and I'm pretty sure I watched it in my car before hanging out with Jillian, and then I watched it again. Um, I'm real. I was so relieved. I was telling you guys, I was so worried it was going to be like bombshell, and I was just like having this like weird anxiety about the trailer being released because I do feel like this movie has this weird context around it where you're kind of like is the movie industry like patting itself on the back for solving mm-hmm. a problem that's still clearly going on mm-hmm. but I I didn't get the vibes of that from this movie it kind of felt more like what I was hoping it was which is more like the book and obviously the real story of these journalists like uncovering their sources and getting people to come forward which is that it was about journalism not Mm -hmm. the movement per se so um i'm excited which is which is why i think something like spotlight worked way better yeah because spotlight commented on the situation and the controversy and they addressed the fact that it's still going on but it was more of a focus on journalism and that's why the emotional scenes hit so hard because it wasn't the focus of the movie mm-hmm. and i get similar vibes of that to she said which i think is such a relief because i think that's where bombshell kind of obviously the office vibes of bombshell are what truly did not work for me but i think that movie struggled with it was trying to focus so hard on being like megan kelly was the face of this movement when she wasn't yeah. and to like it just didn't work the way they were showing it but especially because it was an ongoing issue like it's still going on you can still see it happening so it's just like that tonally didn't work for me so I'm relieved that it doesn't look like that and it looks more like Spotlight which is like Spotlight is one of my favorite best picture winners Mm -hmm. of like the Mm -hmm. last 20 years yeah so I'm excited about that and then I was excited to see that the movie looks like Zoe cannot be campaigned and supporting we were talking mm-hmm. off air but i'm terrified they're gonna shove carrie in supporting mm-hmm. but as someone who's read the source material and we're all like really aware with like the story it's like they're definitely co-leads so i don't understand but mm-hmm. i guess we'll see but it definitely at least screams zoe has to be in lead like i don't know how you mm-hmm. watch this trailer unless it's like cut in a really weird way that's nothing like the movie but zoe like jacob was saying is in every single shot and the focus of it and it appears to be from her perspective so yeah she gets the big moment she gets the you know asking like in the back and forth she asks carrie do you you know are you upset that we did this and carrie responds and she's the one who gets to answer you know it's like she gets those like moments in the trailer which i think will carry over into the movie yeah yeah um but yeah no i absolutely agree um i do think it looked good uh it didn't look bombshell which is good i don't need another uh middle of the movie random pause to highlight people uh didn't love that um but yeah 
Uh, moving on from that, TIFF announcements. Uh, they started posting a couple, you know, side eyes. Uh, they started announcing some of their premieres. Um, Sanaa Lathan's On the Come Up will make its world premiere. I think, if I remember correctly, that's a Paramount Plus movie. Um, yeah. Which but I know a lot really of people were really exciting. excited about that. Yeah, I'm excited for the movie. I'm just not excited that it's a Paramount Plus move it's the same author as the hate you give right yeah Mm -hmm. and i just think she's so talented she has an emmy nomination right yes she was a she was in succession yeah she's been in a bunch of stuff and she's been a lead in a lot of those um like like erotic kind of thrillers that used to do really well in theaters like pre-covid and I just think she's she is really like I don't know she's really talented and I'm excited. I just wish it wasn't a Paramount Plus movie, but I'm excited that she'll get TIFF as like a platform mm-hmm. for this because I mean even if it's on Paramount Plus, like maybe she could get another Emmy nomination. You never know. So, um, but that's really exciting. But obviously, obviously, Bros. Yeah, I was about to get to that. That's the big one. Bros making its world premiere at TIFF. Um, would love if this got the People's Choice Award. Don't love. see it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I am very, very, very excited for this one. I've been telling people I'm really excited. I think the movie looks just really good in general. Um, and I think it looks really funny. And I think Billy Eichner definitely looks like he put a lot of it like his heart and soul into the movie and getting that platform like you said for the last one getting that platform of tiff is amazing i feel like i do wish like obviously we have to see the movie to see like how good it is but this is such an ensemble piece just from the trailer and i know it's like such a long shot obviously because it's like a raunchy comedy from what we've seen in the trailer but this is like something that i feel like SAG ensembles like made for mm-hmm. and it would be really cool to see it just like pop up there if nowhere else it'd be really cool I of course like of course no one's seen the movie you know but it'd be really cool if this could be one of those that like sneaks its way into like maybe a WGA maybe you know gets its like Oscar screenplay um yeah gets that comedy sure. screenplay like something else coming to TIFF yes um but Nicole's here, finally. Hi. Sorry I was late. We heard it was for Theo, so all is It was. I was fetching Theo from my parents. Fetching Theo. <laughs> <laughs> Nicole's like the most British person I know, and she's not British. No. It's amazing. Um, That's me. <laughs> um. So, Nicole, basically give us a quick run-through of what you've seen recently, if there's Oscar potential, and then your thoughts on On the Come Up and Bros premiering at TIFF. Okay. Um, so mostly I've been watching some things recently that have no Oscar potential. Um, Lexi also had to sit through me watching Zombies 3 and Love Accidentally. Oh, that's true. I did see yeah. those. I forgot to mention that. Yeah, wow, there's a reason Lex, you were trying to block you? them out of your brain. So sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no potential there. I think the last thing that I saw that has any sort of Oscar potential would be honestly Thor Love and Thunder. Um, in that, you know, it, it 
could get in sort of in the way that all Marvel films could for um, visual effects. I don't feel like, I mean, I don't know what y'all have said. Obviously I was missing, Um, but I feel like the big release of the weekend was not something with a lot of Oscar potential. So, you know. Um, What came out this weekend? Uh, Pause of Fury and Where the Crawdads Sing. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I will say, pause the fury. Um, <laughs> on Friday, I had work off and I went to a grocery store at like 8 a.m. There were like 30 kids, not together, just throughout the grocery store in capes. And I was like, what? <laughs> we're handing them out at the door. They say pause the fury on the back. Oh. And there was a dog only screening here. What? Of pause the fury. So yes, I can- did see that. Yeah. It's incredible. So what you dropped your dog off at the movie theater? So there were two different ones. One was it had a red carpet. It was like dog influencers went. Um interesting. The second one was you could buy tickets essentially. So only one human could go for every dog. And they had like a dog menu and stuff. And and the dogs like gave their thoughts the on the movie afterwards. Like <laughs> I have no idea. So I'm fascinated. But that movie was everywhere this weekend in LA. Like you could not turn a corner without seeing this. Well, that and honestly, where the crowd had sing has had like a much better opening weekend than I think anyone expected for it. I want to say it, I saw it made like seventeen million. I think. I think so. Um, yeah. Which makes it the best drama release first weekend since House of Gucci. Um, Gucci. Gucci. I can't say it normally anymore. Um, sad. Yeah. Sad, sad stat. Like we have questions. Stat. I yeah. listen. I am well on record of having said before that I thought where the crowd had seen would do good at the box office because think- of all the Southern moms who mm-hmm. read it when Reese had it as her book club pick. Yep. Um. Yeah. But I think I've not seen anything out. that I thought was probably an Oscar film in a bit. Um, Persuasion definitely isn't. Uh, <laughs> but I'm really excited for bros. I'm really excited that it's sort of getting a big release like spot. Um, I think it's a really fun premise. And I think like Tiff gets some of those movies that are more fun, which I love to see. Uh, so yeah. Which speaking of fun. I was thinking that it's kind of similar to Hustlers in a sense yep. where like it appears really raunchy, but like you couldn't like, it could be something else by the time we see it, which is like exactly what I assume it is. Like, I think like the director attached to all these comedies. Like, I think like they'll combine that with what you see, like in the trailer being raunchy with like the yep. heart of the story that we are aware of, but like we'll see more of once we see the movie. Exactly. But I'm really excited. It's going to be premiering there. Which speaking of fun um the last big premiere that i think has been announced so far is glass onions a knives out mystery um what's everyone's thoughts on glass onion going there you know we can talk about the oscar potential soon um but just thoughts on glass onion itself playing at tiff does that mean that there could be other you know big films not go because i feel like that's going to be like the standout of the entire festival. The thing that I'm most excited for about it going there is that it makes it seem like Netflix is going to push it um, as one of their big films this year, Mm -hmm. uh, especially because they've made such a big deal about it going to TIFF. And I was a little bit worried about 
where it was going to go sort of what the release strategy was going to be so I'm really hoping that this means that they are going to push it to a bunch of the festivals you know do a big proper release of it and everything but like I was saying I think Tiff gets some fun movies and I think that feels like one that fits really well at Tiff um it feels like a Tiff premiere to me so I'm super excited about it yeah I'm really excited. I loved the first one so much and I getting a screenplay nomination is like one of my favorite nominations in so long. And I'm excited because I feel like that means they're confident in it. Like it's not just like a sequel that was like made for X amount of money and like Mm -hmm. he's in a huge deal to make a bunch of them with Netflix. Like I feel like that means they want people to see it and they want like an audience to see it. Like, and I feel like that is just, thrilling and that cast is insane and saying this again but this is what SAG Ensemble was made for like Mm -hmm. please 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 also where is Ethan Hawke he that's yeah like where is he in the trailer like his name wasn't there what's going on what is the truth maybe he's the one who gets killed that's what I've been thinking this entire time and so he's um Moving on from that, uh, I will say that Minions has passed 500 million at the box <laughs> office worldwide. Um, it's made 262 million domestic, 270 million international, over 532 million worldwide. And let me tell you, um, it's not slowing down. People are still going to see it. I actually do think, I, I feel like the movie is not up to par. It, I really don't think. I mean, I haven't seen all of it, but I really don't think the movie's going to be up to par with some of the other ones. I think it could maybe like Bohemian Rhapsody its way into a nomination, especially in um, especially in uh, animated feature, just for the fact of this could be something where they were like, oh, we could pull in more people. Too much. Yeah. Regardless, regardless we're seeing a sketch about gentle minions yep i was gonna say there's gonna be a whole bunch of them in the in the audience like no matter what especially like over the weekend i don't know if anybody saw this trend take off on tiktok where it's people doing makeup on people unsuspectedly turning them into minions i've seen that okay like i saw it on friday and then i've seen it 500 times since and i'm like what like another minion trend (laughs) like what like it's I don't understand. I have no words for this movement. Yeah. And I don't understand. It is a meme. This movie is what Morbius wanted to be, I feel. Truly. Like it wanted to be like this meme that like caught fire. Is Um, Minions a sequel? Yes. I thought it was a prequel. No, no, no. So the the original (laughs) Minions was a prequel to the first. uh, So there's Despicable Despicable Me. Me. Yes. yes, which is one of the best movies ever two. made. Two. Then, then Despicable, no, then Minions, then Despicable Me 3, and now Minions The Rise of Gru, which is like okay. a sequel to Minions, but a prequel to Despicable Me. I don't understand. I legit. So would that be think... a first time an animated feature that a sequel prequel gets? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I think it might be the first time one's taking, been made. Can see. <laughs> they're taking the light year spot. Okay, because that's what I was looking at. Because I moved up. Um, what's it called? 
what is it? Sea Beast? Yes. I moved that up and it took two things out because I like of the way I had it. Mm-hmm. And I'm not the light year way down. I'm like, oh yeah. Do I have to add minions? Like I, I actually also it can might it not stop sounding five. like Dominion? Okay, that is like when you when you say that <laughs> being working at a theater, I've got like, gotten in arguments with people because they're like, Yeah, can I get a ticket to like Dominion? And I keep saying the minion, I keep thinking they say the minion, so I will give them tickets to the minions and then they will lose their mind because they want to see Jurassic World instead. <laughs> Um, to be fair, that's on them for not saying like that's on them for not saying like Jurassic World. Oh well, eighty-five percent of people say Jurassic Park, anyways. Well, um, but yeah, uh, going on from that, does anyone want to make any comment on the Russo brothers' very dumb comment? My comment is that the Russo brothers should stop commenting on things. Yeah. I feel like maybe if they were better, um, (laughs) I feel like they gained so much, even if like the directing of the, their four MCU movies weren't what made them great. I feel like they gained a lot of leeway in a sense, just because those were like the four biggest ones. And they were the four that almost felt different, especially in game. I thought in game was like leaps and bounds above like they're directing wise anything they had done but after cherry and then especially after the gray man which you missed nicole um oof uh but yeah i feel like after those two it's like either find something worth doing or just don't say anything i just like want to make it very clear that um i saw this as a like a quote from like on one of the like I think it was like discussing film. I saw it and I was like, oh, it's definitely taken out of context. So I was the nice person. I gave them an opportunity. I read the whole interview. It was not taken out of context. Like this, like honestly, the whole context made it worse. Like (laughs) they were kind of given like an ample opportunity to address the fact that like their career is kind of due to theaters and Mm -hmm box office and whatnot and they kind of like like just shit all over it and I feel like they were given a lot of leeway to like clarify and they just kept like you know like digging a hole for themselves um I know they didn't like name Scorsese and Coppola but like they might as well have um and Autor Cinema was not crafted in the 70s I'm sorry that's when you got into it but maybe figure out when it was crafted before speaking on it as so matter-of-factly especially given like I do think there's a lot of people that like got into directors and knowing their names and whatnot through watching the Rooster Brothers movies like that was like their first introduction into like following a director and like their work and whatnot and like we can make fun of people that get into it because of Marvel movies, but at least they're curious about it. Like it's Mm -hmm. still the same thing. And them saying something like this is so rude to me because like people are looking at you and you have this like platform. I feel like you can at least use it to say something, especially given the fact that if you look at previous interviews, all they do is praise the theater experience and praise whatnot. And the thing that irks me the most is that the gray man is currently in theaters exclusively and not on Netflix. Yep. 
because they wanted it like that. So I guess my I thing it. is, I do. I am like a big defender of streaming, mm-hmm. um, particularly because I think that like a lot of conversations around streaming versus theaters don't take into account that like there are reasons that theaters are prohibitive for some people, um, particularly people who have some sort of disability, whether that's you know cognitive or physical. But the like the way that they're talking about it is so just asinine. Mm-hmm. Like I think there there are points to be made in that conversation. They're not making them. <laughs> they're they're mm-hmm. almost like trying to be the exact opposite of like a Villeneuve or a Christopher Nolan and saying like oh like that's not the experience, but like that is the experience. And I feel like especially now, giving them giving people the opportunity, like you said, to do both is beneficial and I feel like that's beneficial to the industry and I feel like that's beneficial to theaters as well as you know streaming platforms um so yeah I agree I I just feel like the Russo brothers much like the Duffer brothers brother duo where it's like I like what you make but when you talk I get so angry yeah it's like Darren Aronofsky going on a press tour after releasing Mother, like constantly explaining it. And I was like, can zip it. Just It's also there on press for the gray men, which is like no better than anything Michael Bay has done in the past like five years. And like, honestly, it's weird because I feel like a lot of people like praise their um, Marvel movies. And then like Cherry came out and people are like, I don't understand anything we previously said about them. Like, I feel bad that I contributed to this. And then like now it's happening again where people are literally like this movie cost $200 million and I don't know where the money went. And it's like, where could that money have gone? Especially given the conversation that like came out about Netflix, like not wanting to fund passion projects. It's like, so don't fund this. Mm -hmm. Like, I love Ryan Gosling, but like I, we were talking about this earlier. I don't think this is what he's meant to do. He has enough star power. He doesn't have to do something like this if he doesn't want to. I mean, like if he wants to, whatever, but like, I think he's way above something like this. And it's just like insulting that like, we're hearing all these rumbles of like, they're not going to make big Scorsese movies. They're not going to make X, Y, and Z but they're making something like this that like literally people that were offered it in advance, hoping they'd be like, this is great. Or like, it's one of the worst things I've ever witnessed. Like, mm. it's just like, hey, I do say this, like, come on. I do have to say, um, R.E. Ryan Gosling, that it's, it's very funny to me. Um, Matt Cornett, who uh, Jacob and I know and love on High School Musical, the musical, the series was at the premiere and he put up photos from it. And he was like, Captain America, Ken, and Anna de Armas make a movie. What could I not love? And I was like, yes. Can we all collectively just start referring to Ryan Gosling as Ken? <laughs> I love that um, he made like some comment about how someone didn't want him to have the blonde hair. And he was like, sorry, sorry, it's here. Like, who doesn't want to like capitalize on the fact that he's going to be Ken? Like, right? Come on, yeah, come on. But yeah, I I feel like I was one of those people that I hated Cherry so much, but I was like, look, I have the Russo brothers to thank for Captain America: The Winter Soldier. So I'll let it slide. Um, 
but they, they only get one movie <laughs> in well, return for see, Captain America and the Winter Soldier. <laughs> and that's the thing. Like I was, I was willing to give them cherry because I was like, you know what, while it's not good, it is ambitious. And it shows yeah. me that they're wanting to do like more real, like deep things. I think, you know, Tom Holland, I've defended him grossly miscast. I think the whole cast was miscast, but like, I do feel like they at least showed that they were like, oh, we want to do something with like a little more umph to it. And then they make this. <laughs> and it's I'm like, afraid, I'm afraid that my horrible scathing review for Cherry was part of something that pushed them into making this. I hope they it said is. no more ambitiousness. No, I feel like risks. only the people that were like, no, this is fine. Like at least they tried, Jacob gave them more leeway to like a bigger budget. Yeah. I guess it's I guess Listen, it was my fault. I gave Cherry, I think, one star in my review. I never I watched cried it writing as it because it was so mean. <laughs> as soon as that whole like we're not getting Tom Holland any conversation start like started, I was like, I'm not watching this. Oh, that I'm never really bad for about some that. <laughs> for some, uh, I'll stop till the very end, like number five. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Yeah, I'm really bad about, like, if someone's like, this is the worst thing I've ever seen. If I'm not interested, I just won't watch it, mm-hmm. to be honest with you. Um, to move on from that, uh, just real quickly, the Emmys were announced. Um, Rhea Seahorn. Well, Finally. I was going to say, is there is there one big thing, um, like, one big thing you're excited about, one big snub? Um, I guess I'll start with Kenzie, since she definitely has... If you need anything, I do have it pulled up if you're interested. On, like, um, I the... just like, there's a lot that I could say, but I'm not going to because I don't like, there's so many TV shows. Like, I don't know how people predict this. One. Yeah, I don't know how Tyler Clearly does don't watch anything because like they just nominated the same show over and over and over. But um, Rhea Seahorn finally getting an Emmy nomination just like means the world to me. I feel like it happened to me. I don't know how anyone watched any season of this show and never nominated her. And just, I love her. I love her on Better Call Saul. I'm nervous for tomorrow. I love her. I'm nervous for her Kim Wexler. I don't know what's going to happen, but she gives a beautiful, beautiful performance and the show doesn't work without her. So I'm really excited. They finally acknowledged her presence. Um. I am... I'm, I'm very excited for the nominations that Barry got, even though I don't see how the, this season was a drama. This yep. I feel like the entire show is a drama. I mean, season one, I'd buy as a comedy. Season two, I was like, mm, we're getting a little dramatic here. Season three was so, that final episode was one of the most brilliant pieces of television I've ever watched. I'm all for Bill Hader and Harry Winkler getting a nomination and Anthony Kerrigan. I thought he did a very good job this season. Uh, Sarah Goldberg was a big snub I'm upset about. Mm-hmm. Um, I am a Sally Reed defender. And though she did, she did some questionable things this season, but I'm generally a Sally Reed defender. I thought her performance was brilliant, especially in the last episode. Um, I was mad about that. I am not as intense on the Sadie Sink snub as some of Twitter is. If she, I haven't seen um, her movie with Brendan Fraser, but if she doesn't get a nomination for that, I'll be rioting. I thought she gave a very good performance on this season of Stranger Things. Um, I have many, many thoughts on the Stranger Things acting. 
but I'm going to save them because I care about you all and we'll be here for a while if I get into it. Um, no bias. Not the acting, the nomination. I'm going to, I feel like Netflix screwed them over. I'm mad about it. Anyway, um, and then I'm also very angry about Selena Gomez getting snubbed for acting for Only Murders in the Building. Um, she technically is nominated as a producer, but I feel like that show is carried by Steve Martin, Martin Short, and Selena Gomez. Like they all three have a very good collective dynamic and she's as integral to the story and the beats as they are. And so it kind of felt like the Bo Burnham mean going around. That's like some people have to fight to survive and some people are white guys in 1985. Like it just kind of feels like Steve Martin and Martin Short are the white guys in 1985 and we're just not given it, it just feels like they got nominated because they're martin short but i think martin short it's the best thing he's done in maybe like 30 years yeah <laughs> yeah like, definitely no, I, no he is he, he is, is very very funny i literally is, think he could win he is that's so, what i i want him to win because i don't I think, think yeah. he's next level in that show and i i I've, i'm a huge steve martin person so when i watch that show and i come out as like holy shit martin short who i love it's just like i prefer Steve Martin's comedy mm-hmm. and his tropes more Same. that when I watch every episode and I'm like holy fuck I am a Martin Short person I just think like he goes above and beyond what I ever thought he would do in a show like this because it kind of mm-hmm. like pokes fun at him yeah so I do agree with the sentiment that like men have it easier but I just think like they actually are very worthy in the show it just it does feel dumb to me that they got nominated and, and she, she didn't, didn't. Yeah. especially like whenever like understanding got... if like one of them got in precisely like just martin short then i yep. wouldn't be mad about it because i agree he is definitely pulling the most like that when they're waiting for her in the bathroom he's like my grandmother used to come in and say do you need some <laughs> and like the the water world like jokes uh-huh. are just like there's so like good. emotion behind them but like mm-hmm. i don't know like he's so good in that show just feels that, weird to like, me to nominate two-thirds of a trio mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> that's the thing that like because i don't really like her in that show but i'm not like i love her blush but otherwise i'm just not i was like, literally gonna say i feel like i have to like defend selena gomez i'm wearing rare beauty makeup right now yeah like <laughs> love rare beauty everything but the concealer a plus but like <laughs> I just, I don't like her on that show, but I think it's just like her acting style that I'm not like a fan of. That's fair. But like, I think I just don't understand nominating like two thirds of a trail. I'm just thrilled because I feel like her acting on the show in a way harkens back and this is going to sound funny, but like it harkens back to the acting that she did on Wizards of Waverly Place. I was going to say that, the like, exact same made thing. made her famous. Yep. Yeah. I was like, going to say the and exact I think same thing. She has not gotten to do that sort of thing enough since mm-hmm. that show ended. And I think that like, I think she's underrated as a comedic talent. Yeah. And I'm excited to see her like working properly in the comedy realm again even though obviously like there's drama going on as well in it but it's so nice to see someone actually using the fact that like she has good comedic timing yeah and I feel like she hasn't had as many opportunities to do that well and I think there's an element to it where I think the people that are most mad about the snub 
are people of like our generation who saw her on Wizards of Waverly Place. Cause like we knew that she could do, like she was genuinely very funny on Wizards. She was. But, the, but like, I also do understand what Kenzie's saying when it's like her delivery. Like I do think people who grew up watching Wizards of Waverly Place and like seeing her give that same delivery in that show um, kind of, I do think it's something you kind of have to like get used to. Cause it's not like a normal, like it's not like a normal delivery. Um, and so I can see where Kenzie's saying like, her well, acting and I think style. It's that whole like they're well-known names. They could have mm-hmm. easily just been name checked, but then it's like the show getting in. I'm like, there's no way it was just name checked. Mm-hmm. But I just feel it's like very odd. I just feel like there's something overall with women in comedy that's like, and that's like goes to the Barry snub too, is like they're very picky about it. Like mm-hmm. Barry got in everywhere except supporting actress and it's like why but I think maybe it's because they're like in Abbott Elementary getting so many acting noms I think maybe they're looking at women to be like ha ha funny yeah and funny that like you have to adjust yourself to doesn't work for them with women right like sexist reasons not some reasons just straight up sexism but I think maybe that's something that hurt her as well as I think maybe it's just that whole like she's so young kind of thing even though Mm -hmm. she's not that young but like they like acknowledging like older people or more established people but I also just don't understand how you can be more established than Selena Gomez but like I just think there were like weird things working against her that like didn't push her over the finish line but I do think she was probably like right there it just didn't like Mm -hmm. pan out I'm I'm Mm -hmm. assuming it was like the older voters just not doing it but the older voters came out in flocks for the other two so yeah. it's yeah. like it's just like a weird thing I mean at least she was a producer on it and got in for that and I believe she is the second um Latina woman to get yeah. a producer now um so that's thrilling at least but yeah hopefully season two she gets in even though like the drop of it being during this year's Emmy voting is not gonna help it same better call Saul yeah Yeah. um for me the Sarah Goldberg one was really big um the one of the biggest gasp I've let out this whole year is when she dropped the c-bomb um and if you if you don't laugh at that I just don't know what to don't know what to say um but I think for me the biggest like exciting thing because everyone kept saying that he was, you know, he was on the cusp, didn't think he was going to get in, thought it was going to be, you know, again, people more well-established. Adam Scott getting in actually did get a Yelp out of me. Um, was super, super excited to see that, especially because I just I just finished Severance. And I, like, like, screamed. I was, like, holding my roommate. I was, like, because that was the first episode she actually watched because she was downstairs. And I was like, you don't get what's happening. <laughs> it was so um, just amazing he just show. Is really, so really good. Really good. Mm-hmm. He's so good. Um, amazing. Anything yeah. else? I didn't Any say last? mine. Yeah. I was going to say, <laughs> you are my, you are my anything else. Um, thanks. <laughs> um, my big thing that I was really excited for, well, obviously, like, I'm always thrilled to see Ted Lasso do well, even though that's kind of, like, 
a known thing at this point, but I know a lot of people were like, well, maybe everyone's going to assume that they're in and like not bother voting for them. Um, because I think especially this past season, like they did actually push some boundaries of what they did with the first season. And I really appreciated that. But my big thing that thrilled me was to see Natalie Holt get in for composing, um, for Loki, because I'm a huge supporter of female composers. There are not enough who get recognized in the business. And I'm a huge fan of some of the work that Natalie Holt has done. And I think that her work on Loki is really, really nice. So I was so excited to see her name there. Um, The other than the Selena Gomez thing, one of the uh, snubs that did make me quite sad was seeing... um, Oscar Isaac, obviously he got in for scenes for marriage, but I really wanted him to get in for Moon Knight because I think Mm -hmm. the work that he did in it was astounding and sort of next level for the MCU. And it's very weird to me that like, I have nothing against the WandaVision acting noms. Like I think they were well-deserved, but for WandaVision gotten in and then Oscar Isaac knocking in for Moon Knight feels strange to me. Um, I also would have loved to have seen Richard E. Grant get a guest actor nomination for his work on Loki um, because I thought he was so good. And I also just want Richard E. Grant to be nominated for everything all of the time, um, especially after he's the only good part of Persuasion. Uh, but yeah, that was my thing because I think um, I think that, you know, I would like to see the acting in the Marvel TV shows get taken seriously because I think that especially in the past year, it has been better than what's been in the films. And I like wish that we could get some recognition of that, particularly also because I think like we've had um, better performances by more diverse actors in the TV shows. And I don't want to see that become a trend of them not getting taken seriously, especially when it's like Oscar Isaac. Um, But yeah, like, that's also just me wanting to see Oscar Isaac nominated all over the place all the time. I also was sad because I know that Fresh was made Emmy eligible um, this year and then to not see it like get anything really made me sad. So. That's the one I thought you were going to say. Um, yeah. No, I, I do agree with the MCU. Uh, I think Kenzie hit kind of the nail on the head last week and I didn't touch on it. Um, but it does seem like a lot of the TV projects are a lot more personal and character driven which I would love for them to get back to that in their movies I mean especially something with Moon Knight where I I didn't particularly love Moon Knight but it was very much about his character and about his grief and about um you know growing he's up he's also and- playing two different characters, characters and like yeah and the way he's able to switch between them so effortlessly yeah. is genuinely very impressive his yeah. accent work is incredible frankly <laughs> um but also with the recent Miss Marvel, which still people watch. Uh, I know people aren't watching it, but it is the best MCU show. Bar none, by far, without question, watch Miss Marvel. Um, moving on from TV, we are going to get into the actual Oscar race. We're going to do a week, or not a weekly, a uh, summer checkpoint. Uh, we're going to talk about some of the acting some of the other categories if we have time um and for all the people who aren't on i will name their kind of top five that we have right now but first we will start off with supporting actor um i'll start with 
Kinsey. If you want to start with your supporting actor, what are your five right now? Um, and then what are you kind of most looking forward to coming up in this second half of the year? Okay. So my most excited, like supporting performance that I'm excited about is going to be my number five. Also, Ben Wishaw and Women Talking. I am a huge Ben Wishaw fan and just him being like not the only male but like the central male I suppose in this cast is thrilling and just the production company behind women talking I feel like we're it's just gonna be everywhere if the movie's good so he's my number five only because I feel like this category I have on my big list I have like 30 names in this list um but I just feel like a lot of the people contending are very big names so he's my number five right now sight unseen just because yes he's very familiar and a lot of people know his name but I don't think with the academy so much I think he's done a lot with tv and then like the bond movies obviously and then Paddington but like that's not been a big Oscar movie, unfortunately. So um, he's my number five. My number four is Robert De Niro. Can I, can I yeah. interject something real quick? Um, so that this doesn't go on forever. If you have a actor oh, that she's yeah. about to say in, um, you can go ahead and like let people know yeah. where he is on your list and kind of how you feel about it as well. Um, Ben is also my number five, actually, (laughs) because like you said, like, it's not like he has the track record with the Oscars for me to be totally confident that he'll get in. But it also is a movie that I think is going to do well. And I think that he sort of like has put in the work uh, to be at the point where he now is going to be considered for nominations like this. All right. Now, Kenzie, you can go on to your number four. I really thought everyone was going to have my number four, but it doesn't seem like that. So Robert De Niro, Killers of the Flower Moon. One, it's Bob. Like, he's in. Like, other than the Irishman, which I think will help push him over the edge with this movie, is my thinking that, like, because he got snubbed for the Irishman, which it was a snub. I'm sorry if you are wrong and don't think so, but it was a snub. Um, But I think that'll help push him in to this category. Um... Martin Scorsese again and just um it's a very villainous role um like straight up villain horrible person so I think it'll be really thrilling to see Robert De Niro like that especially opposite such a stacked cast it's going to be framed so beautifully um my number three right now I'm very curious about it but right now I have him at number three is Brad Pitt in Babylon I think that winning an Oscar has helped kind of put him in that DiCaprio sense of like if he's in a movie that's good he's gonna get in um but I'm really curious because that cast is so big in Babylon and we don't know anything about like his role really Um, how much weight he'll have but just given his name and the project and the context of the project I have him at number three does anybody else have him I have him at my number three as well Um, I was just about to say Um, yeah no I completely agree I do feel like he's kind of got he's kind of in that zone especially 
being one of the first real big movies he's done after um after winning his oscar uh i do wonder because it almost feels like the uh bradley cooper effect of licorice pizza where it was like everyone was like oh he's in lead no now he's in supporting i wonder if it's role is going to keep going Getting down smaller. a little bit um <laughs> but especially right like now, he I has do. a lot of controversy around him as a person yes and i'm not sure when their case is like going to be made very public in a sense and i'm curious as to if that conversation kind of like teeters him off the he is my number three as well actually but i have I the same we skip four no, like me and, no, like me oh, and Nicole yeah. have yeah. the same five have, and the same three, but like our fours are different. We have the same two and one as well, which is the amazing. funniest part. I just looked amazing. at your, if yours haven't changed from what's on the sheet. Um, I just, I'll just have one to contribute with my own. Right, but it was my number four. Love. Peace. I feel like four is actually a better spot for him because I do think like, we're going to see how the controversy like affects him with Bullet Train coming out soon. But I just, I feel like his name is too big and he's too big of a person for it to really affect him. I mean, I don't think that should not mean it doesn't affect him. I think the conversation should be had and I think it should be like a very important conversation. But I do just like have this uncomfortable feeling that they're just gonna not say anything about him. Um, My number two is Academy Award nominee Jesse Plemons, also for... Killers of the Flower Moon. I just saw Jacob do something and my heart fucking fell out of my body. Um, <laughs> I think Jesse Plemons is going to be, I think people are doubting him, but I think he's going to turn into DiCaprio where he just keeps stacking nominations. But in, unlike DiCaprio, he'll eventually be overdue and win one day. Um, yes, that's my way of saying that I don't think he was overdue. Um, I guess he'll be more like Amy Adams. Like he'll get like seven nominations in like 10 years. But I just think, um, I personally think his character is a co-lead in this movie, but it's been confirmed as of right now that he is in supporting. And I think that cements him very near the top because he's fresh off an Oscar nomination. He's been in a Best Picture nominee like nine out of like, like I think like the last like, I think it's seven out of eight years he's been in a Best Picture nominee. Yeah. So, and then I have no doubt this is a Best Picture nominee. So I think he's in. Anyone else have my my I have him at two um, as well because it's one of those things where I have him at two because I think that he is in. I think he's in for the nomination. But at the same time, like, I don't think he's winning. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, like you said, I think because of the whole thing about, like, he could be a co-lead, but they're putting him supporting is why I have him and no one else from that cast for supporting actor. Because if he's very obviously the one with the biggest role that is not a lead, then I think it gives him an edge. I think, like you said, he just came off getting a nomination that like a lot of people didn't expect him to get, which I think shows that the voters like him. And I think from everything that I've seen and heard, people do like him. And I think that that can make a huge difference on a press tour and on a, you know, if if he's getting a lot of good publicity out there and the people who are known to be nicer tend to get more of it, I think sometimes. And if he's doing the rounds at the parties, 
then I think he's in. And I, um, I like, I want to see him win one day. I don't know if we're there yet. Uh, but I feel pretty strongly he'll get nominated unless it turns out that, you know, it's not much of a role or something. Yeah. He, yeah. He has been in six best picture nominees since 2015. That's which is an wild. insane track record. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Especially given like, if you watch Friday night lights week to week, like I did, um, that is not the person you thought this was going to happen to. Like not mm-hmm. saying anything against him. I just really thought it was going to be Kyle Chandler, like hands down. Um, I... He's also, sorry. Oh, no, I was just going to say, if you look at the spreadsheet, he's, like, very low on my list. But um, that's because I'm a silly, silly girl who got excited about Chris Pine and just kind of <laughs> threw him in there. But, like, I will say, I saw, that when I saw a movie this weekend at, like, 10 a.m., this old couple was in front of me, and they literally were like, Chris Pine looks so good. And the other lady was like, are you sure it's Pine? And the guy was like, yeah, it said Pine in the trailer. She's like, no, that's Hemsworth. And I could not stop laughing. Whoops. Oh my God. But I think Too many he has an effect. Like he yes. has an effect. You he know what would be really funny? If he got the Emily Blunt, like random supporting nomination, like that would be really funny. Yeah. I would die laughing. I threw him, I threw him in my list because I just was excited by the prospect. He's in my like 10. Yeah. No, <laughs> I, I like would put that. him as like my 10. I think Jesse Plemons is a shoe in for a nomination, but I agree that he's not going to win it on this one. And I will root for him. And one day he will win one and I will watch. And but, his uh, new wife, Kirsten Dunst, will cheer him on. She will. Uh, but. Uh, yeah, he's my five. Um, and I just, I agree with everything that has been said. So, Kenzie, on to your number one. I just want to give myself a little like drum roll. So you might be listening to this and you're not part of Oscar Central, so you can't see our amazing spreadsheet yet. But um, every single- Amazing spreadsheet made by Kenzie. If you need a spreadsheet, call me. Um, (laughs) Basically, if you need um, a Joe Curie Taiko ATD fanfic, call me. And if you need a spreadsheet, call me. Um, or a uh, Photoshop of you yeah. If you need Eddie a Photoshop, like I got. <laughs> if you. you need a picture of you with Eddie Munson, <laughs> I can give a personal uh, vouch that Kenzie will give you yes. exactly what you need. Yeah, like you got friends, you want a photo. I got you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> every single person has someone in their ten that I don't have in my top twenty. Um, I feel like maybe eventually I'll have to fix that. I just I'm not convinced yet. So my number one is who I think is winning as of right now, sight unseen, is the man, I'm pretty sure I would give him 2022, like, the coolest filmography. Um, the man, Paul the, Dano, the legend. <laughs> literally. Paul Dano in The Fablemans. I think the role will be amazing, given everything I know about the story, at least of, like, Spielberg's real story. Obviously, we don't know how fictionalized this is going to be. But I just think this is going to be such a role that um, he can overcome whatever they have against him for not previously nominating him and giving him not only a nomination, but a win. And I I, think the Batman is going to help push him through because he's really great in that. And he's like a standout of people who don't even like the movie. So I think like combining those two will just like Mm -hmm. catapult him to a win. Obviously, it's July we haven't seen a trailer. We haven't seen anything, but that's how I feel as of. Recording. I 
completely Space agree. Man is coming out too. He had okay. Batman, Fableman. I was, I was gonna say like his performance as the Riddler in Batman. I think it's gonna sort of push him forward. But I think with the project that this is, it feels safe to put him into this spot for now. I also will admit that I just really want to see Paul Dano win an Oscar. It's also funny. I realized as we're having this conversation, I have books on my like desk and the one that's like furthest out that you can actually see the cover of is um, my war and peace with Paul Dano. He's, he's watching over me. He's literally like, make sure I'm your number one. Yeah. He's, he's staring at me. So maybe it's like, worked into my psychosis that I have to you know promote him (laughs) but um but I do think I feel like as of right now he's a really good you know first spot person yeah he's my he's my number one as well I agree um I think with the movie and we'll talk about one of the other actors from this movie uh very shortly um I think people like they love nominating the uncle they did it last year for Ben Affleck for doing very little um, by getting a lot of love for it. And I do think Paul Dano's, I do think he's starting to get into overdue status. He's had, you know, incredible performance after incredible performance and been in, um, you know, best picture nominee after best picture nominee. And I do feel like uh, this one with everything going on um, with the movie and Spielberg and all that kind of stuff, I do think he has a really good shot to get in. I'm really sad. I was about to say he's, sorry, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was saying he's my number three. That's all I have to say. I was going to say he's the only person that's in all of our fives, but somehow Adriano has him at six. Yeah. Um, Or shame. Can I go next? Just because I only have one person that Kinsey did not have in her. Yes. (laughs) Okay. Um, My number four is Brendan Gleeson for um, the Banshees of Iteration. Wow, Inishirin. that was and I suddenly forgot how to read. Okay, um, it's funny because I feel like you just had. This and you're accent, supposed to be the so... Scottish one. <laughs> um, Listen, he, you know what's really funny? He's my number six. So we were very close. There we go. Five. He was my number six until a couple minutes ago. I saw I what <laughs> Jacob did for his number six. Jacob, no. <laughs> Jacob, get out. Um, I saw it happening in real time. I saw his face while he was changing it. No. So um, anyways, thank God we're not sharing our top six. Uh, Literally. <laughs> but I think that Brendan Gleeson is someone who, you know, has the track record. He, I, I'm excited for this project. I think this project could be something that's like properly in the conversation overall if it turns out right. But it is one that I sort of have a big question mark on right now um honestly part of why i have him up here is it is one of the movies that i am confident will come out this year um because there are some other people that i think are maybe in consideration but i'm not like positive on a release date uh whereas this one actually has one but i think brendan gleason is also like super talented and i think this is the kind of role that he really shines in from what i have heard about it so i'm i'm you know and i'm always cheering for him um, would love to make him my father-in-law. I also uh, really think that um, we can get into this later, obviously, if anyone has him, but um, him repartnering with Colin Farrell and Martin McDonough. Exactly. And especially given like myself and many other people feel in Bruges was looked over. Exactly. And this is like literally such a reunion project. And mm-hmm. I feel like that could help catapult him, especially if like, 
there's this thing of everyone having the same four all season and then like there's just one fifth spot kind of like up in question marks that he could just like slide in yeah um he's my he's my number five yeah i feel like five is a really good place for him um so for me i actually don't have him in he was my number six i will tell the audience i moved tom hanks to number six and elvis i just think i think it's everyone please seen... go to twitter and shame jacob for that look <laughs> i don't want to berry 57 if you're <laughs> unaware <laughs> i don't want this to happen but it's the only one of my it's the only one of two on the list that i've even seen and with elvis doing as well as it is doing um i could see him I'm so of. sorry, Jacob. I love you, but this feels like the type of performance that you think is in, and then yeah. you see it and you take it out. And that's why he's six. That's why he's six. Once I see more, he'll move down, and everything else will move back up. Back, it's circle. I wonder of life. where he is on my giant list because he's obviously not in my ten. Um, I will be okay. You know what? With- he's not even on my giant list, and I'm an Elvis defender. I have thirty people on my list, and he's not on it. I just, I see a Golden Globe nomination and I see a SAG nomination and I think everyone freaks out, but I think he stays at like seven, six, You know what I was wondering the last time I saw Elvis? Um, SAG Ensemble? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I feel like it's possible. Especially if a lot of these movies are like two, not like two-handers, like The Lighthouse, but like focused on like two characters versus like like a big ensemble cast because I feel like people really like that um bus scene where they introduce the Memphis Mafia and like that would be a good way to like honor all the people like pop in and out of that movie but no he's not getting an Oscar nomination he's not I will I agree I will forgive them if if they do nominate him the only way that I'll be okay with it is if when they do the little preview clip after they announce the nominations it's him busting in and saying he will perform here comes Santa Claus that is the only it has to be when um the singer sewing guy is like here comes Santa Claus next right and he's running down the stairs being like why can't they just do it why what does hound dog have to do with Christmas He's wearing the he's wearing the snowman sweater. No, it's actually like he's not even wearing it. He is not wearing it yet. You have to pay attention to this when you go see it again on Thursday. It okay. is like he's he's like in his normal clothes. It's before the panic attack where he wears the sweater. He's like going in and out of his like like Danish accent and going into his South Carolina accent. Like it's like every other word is a different accent. <laughs> Okay, I will say there are things about it. The second time I saw it, I was like, oh, this accent work is actually fascinating. Wait, can we all can we all just admit that like or like love that Nicole is like the second time I saw it, like because everyone has seen this movie more than once. Yep. I was like, I just want to hear Tom Hanks talk about it, this performance more, because there are things in this performance that I genuinely cannot tell if he was doing them purposely and they're brilliant. Or if they were just happening and it's terrible. <laughs> I'm in the camp as someone who's now seen this three times that um, I think it's really like 
a camp performance. I think he really went in with the um, like the typical understanding of what a supporting performance is in a Lerman movie. Like not necessarily what they actually are, but like what people assume they are. In like really, some ways, it is giving Jim Broadbent in Mulan Rouge. It is, it is. And it's so it funny did. that he's like like. I feel like he would have been better cast as it like but it's wait why didn't they just cast Jim Broadbent in that role I have no idea I was wondering it when the movie was announced and they announced other people that Lerman's worked with I was very confused but I do think that like he isn't bad in it the way people say he is. I just think like it's very jarring given how good Austin Butler is that you're mm-hmm. like, what is going on here? But I just don't think people are understanding as much as I would like that it's like he's doing an accent on top of having an accent. Like it's not just like his character is like that he's not just like having this accent of being southern that he's pretending to be southern while being from another country um and like i'm pretty sure the whole joke is that he was never good at covering it up so like on top of that he's supposed to be bad at it from what i understand i like that we're spending all this time on jacob's number six pick that he wasn't (laughs) supposed to mention i just i've i've been meaning since i saw this movie to like look into the historical accuracy on this the fact that he says like oh i'm from huntington west virginia i'm from west virginia and if that's someone's interpretation of how a west virginian southern accent is well i think part of it is that he's imitating the kennedys a bit like he's watching that as dialect to copy right which is obviously like an accent we don't have anymore so I think he just like doesn't know what the accent is supposed to be. But I think that's part of it. Like, is that like he's so disconnected from what he is supposed to be pretending to be. And then right. it gets to be like where it doesn't matter because from what my husband who likes Elvis the person explained to me is that it wasn't the way they portray their way of meeting. Like, right it's like sorry i'm laughing kinsey said my husband and i thought she was gonna say something about austin butler oh my gosh (laughs) i mean like i oh your real husband my real husband (laughs) do you think he's like ever noticed my twitter picture (laughs) he never noticed the alexander skarsgård one so i doubt he's noticed this one oh my god (laughs) but um yeah i just think that like like we skip a lot of like um colonel tom parker or whatever was like established by the time he met elvis it wasn't mm-hmm. like he was like a carnival guy like he was managing another musician's career like outside of carnivals so i think like we're missing this fact that maybe he had this like crisis where he was like i need to sound more eloquent so he was copying the kennedys not anyone from south carolina but it's like obviously we lose a lot of context in a movie that's like focused on like a 30-year career or whatnot so mm-hmm. but it's really funny that you're like i'm from here and that's not what people like mm, hold up <laughs> um anyway Jacob, on you can go that, on to your like, number five and not your number six so my number four um 
because my number five was Jesse Plemons. My number four, I put Toby Maguire in here. I just, it's a place filler. Um, I think someone from Babylon will be nominated. I don't know. We think we, it hasn't been confirmed that he's playing Charles Chaplin, but if he is, and then after, you know, after his kind of resurgence with Spider-Man and all that, I do I think that that's story. a, yeah. Um, and then my number two is Ki Hai Kwan, um, Everything Everywhere All at Once. Uh, I just, it feels like, again, you say comeback story. It does feel like, especially in the supporting categories, there's always this kind of performance from someone who never would have gotten this recognition. And especially for um, Ki Hai Kwan, who took so many years off acting, coming back, delivering this performance has, in my opinion, the bigger moments than Michelle Yeoh's uh, performance even so, um, and has a whole monologue that he could give. Um, I do think that he's in, and at least a real threat. Um, For the rest of these nominations, uh, let's just run through our top five. I'll go person by person, and then- yeah, Jacob. You we already talked whole... about all your five. No. Did we? Yeah. Yeah. Well, Kihai Kwan, Jesse Plemons. Okay. Paul do you want to hear my thoughts on why Kihai Kwan's my first? Okay. Yes. Thank you. I thought he was very good. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I so, will say he's the person I don't even have. Like, I think he's my 20th. I, he's the, I'm a person who was not very high on that movie. Like, everyone else i like i liked it but i just am i the way everyone feels about it is the way i feel about after yang like that movie made me question my humanity but um he is my favorite part of that movie and i think he has a lot of like moments like you were saying i just i don't trust a24 in addition to the release date of the movie is the only thing that's really like holding me back like i'm gonna move him up I will say it is July and it is still in theaters. And it's been in theaters since. Yes. Regal's doing like a free, like if you use unlimited, you can go and then get a free ticket for someone else. I think I would take out my, um, like I'd move him into my 11th spot. Because right now I have Mark Rylance for Bones and All at 11. And I feel like I could move him there move everyone else down um, but the problem about that is i feel like once the sun comes out zen mcgrath might be like the new the person look, yeah um no i agree uh but moving on to actress or supporting actress uh let's all just run through our five give some quick thoughts and then try to get on to the next one real quick um so kenzie what are your five you can go five through one. I have Patricia Clarkson for She Said. I feel like her Emmy track record, and then she's just a well-known name in, like, not like a meaty part, but like an important part of the movie. Um, I think she's like my weakest for sure. Um, then I have Jesse Buckley for Women Talking. I think one of the supporting actresses for Women Talking will pop up in here. I just don't know who. Um, right now, I have Lily Gladstone at number three for Killers of the Flower Moon. I would hope she is lead, but right now I kind of have her in both floating. Um, I just don't know what they're going to do, given she's like a very like 
new actress to the Oscars. Um, but she's well known for TV. So I'm curious if maybe they could put her in lead. Um, my number two is Laura Dern for The Sun. I would love if both supporting ladies for The Sun could get in, her and Vanessa Kirby. But I feel like Laura Dern is a previous winner in this category and very recently. And say what you want about not Minions, but Dominion. Um, she has like box office this year. And then my number one, I really think she's winning is Michelle Williams for The Fablemans. I think she is definitely actually overdue and has a bunch of snubs with nominations and she just needs an Oscar. Like, let's make it happen. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I actually have the exact same top five. Um, and then when it does come to Michelle Williams, I do feel like, I feel like it's, she has the role. Um, Nicole, what about you for your top five? Yeah, I also have Michelle Williams winning. Um, I just have, I, I love the idea of, of Fableman's taking both supporting categories. Would love that. Uh, I also think like she is someone who's like, I, I can just see her winning an Oscar right now in her like career trajectory. I also have my mother, Laura Dern uh, at number two for The Sun. Similarly, like I have Vanessa Kirby in my 10 because I think it could be the kind of thing where when we see the movie, it could be Vanessa who sort of, they prop up as their hopeful nominee. But right now I'm going with Laura Dern. I think, you know, we saw her win for a role in which she did, did nothing little. but take her jacket yeah. off. <laughs> All she did, like, I, I swear, I still think that they just nominated for her the, her for the wrong movie. And then we're like, oh, well, we'll vote for her anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I have Jesse Buckley at number three for Women Talking. Um, her getting in last year was such a surprise I feel like that it's clear that they like her or are interested in her then I have Jean Smart for Babylon um as my number four uh just because I Babylon is something I'm seeing like in my head it's gonna be one of the big like nomination leaders um and whenever I think someone's gonna lead nominations I tend to look at where I can put it in in acting categories and then I have Sadie Sink for The Whale um as my number five I listen I'll, if if it's anything I will be running her campaign for her um I think that she has a lot of hype around her right now and I think her missing the Emmy nomination actually could work in her favor because I think that people who are a fan of hers could feel that she should have been nominated for the Emmy um and push her more towards getting the Oscar I know that she's young um but it is the supporting category. So I think they might be more willing to do that. And I think that the Academy also uh, is more willing to consider young girls than they are young boys a lot of the time. Um, and I I'm, I also, whenever we get to best actor, I have a lot of faith in the whale there, as you will Me see. Too. And I think if, if I'm saying that, it doesn't make sense not to say that Sadie Sink will also get in um, when she is someone that everyone sort of has their eye on. I have someone different from the whale at my number six that I think Ooh, okay. is the I do think actress. I do think that Sadie Sink is probably going to be more of like a lead role, but it's like you said, especially with young girls, mm-hmm. you lead doesn't matter um, when it comes to the Oscars. Uh, Lex, what about you for your top five? 
Oh, thank you for remembering. I um, think this is my favorite top five, I have to say. Thank you. Um, okay. I literally was changing mine a little bit while you were talking because um, I forgot to submit mine when we ran this. So sorry. Um, but for number five, I have Zoe Kazan for She Said. Um, after watching um, the trailer, I I think, and I think we, I can't remember if we talked about this, um, like when we were actually recording or if it was off air, but I think it is going to come down to she and Carrie Mulligan are going to honestly be co-leads, but they're not going to give both of them lead actress. So I think they're ultimately going to split it as one or the other. And I'm thinking Zoe's going to be considered supporting. I may be wrong on that, um, but I have her as my number five right now. Um, I have Stephanie Sue for everything, everywhere, all at once. Um, I honestly just... I loved that movie so, 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 so much. Um, I loved everything about that movie. I thought Stephanie's performance was incredible. I think there's so much, and I know we're going to get into uh, actress next week, but I think there's so much hype around Michelle Yeoh's performance that is very deserved. But at the same time, I think the ensemble work in that movie is just so good. And Stephanie's performance is kind of the glue that holds the ensemble together, I think. Um, so I have her as number four. I have Michelle Williams as my number three, though that honestly, again, at this point, we're going less off what I think is worthy and more of just how much I would like it to happen. Um, I have Dakota Johnson for Cha-Cha Real Smooth number two. I watched that for the first time last week and just I thought her performance was brilliant and then just because I'm already obsessed with the whale because I love Sadie Sink and I love Brendan Fraser I will be um I'm honestly okay with Sadie not getting the Emmy nomination I will riot if she doesn't get an Oscar nomination. I haven't even seen her performance but I will riot if she doesn't get the Oscar nomination for it um yeah uh I agree I one second I'm getting back to the thing no i absolutely agree with all of those um especially the dakota johnson if you don't know me um but yeah i think it'll be interesting to see i will say i accidentally did say earlier that paul dano was the uncle in the fablemans he's the dad that's my fault seth rogan is the uncle um moving on to lead actor just to go quickly through it Kinsey, your top five, and then we'll move on and we can all talk about them. I think Kinsey is muted. Sorry. I'm making changes as we're going because here, I had I had someone in here. No, I, I got it, but I, okay. I'm going to... It's not going to match the file because I am having second doubts. Okay, so... Did you add him? I oh my god stop that's so scary that's so scary he's not in wow. he's not in for me I am gonna say uh I'm gonna say Brendan Fraser the whale at five I am an Aronofsky defender he's my favorite working director but I want to see it before I think he's in um, and then I have Song King Ho for Broker, which I also am really curious as to like the reaction to it once it's released to the general public. I'm 
I have a really hard time thinking they're going to acknowledge this movie, but for right now, I'm going to keep him in because I feel like he has an overdue narrative given many of us, myself included, that he was snubbed for Parasite. I have my real husband, Austin Butler, for Elvis. I think the box office continuing to um, do really well is speaking highly of this movie and people that don't even like this movie really love him not just like like him but they really love what he does in this movie and I know that the academy tends to go for new young actresses versus lead actors but I'm hoping maybe given it's a biopic about a musician and he actually sings and doesn't just lip sync with fake teeth in they'll look past that um number two I have Hugh Jackman the son I know he's really well known and liked but I think he does have like an overdue narrative like he doesn't have an Oscar he's very popular with general audiences and audiences who are immune to superhero movies and then my number one I don't think he's winning I just want to clarify like I do not think he's winning he is just my most secure he's in no matter what is Leonardo DiCaprio for Killers of the Flower Moon I think he is obviously unrecognizable in that first image we saw sarcasm um and (laughs) I just think like if it's Leo and it's a good movie he's in like it doesn't matter about anything else so that's the reason he's my number one. It has nothing to do with him winning. I honestly think like it could be um, Daniel Cacho from Bardo or if Babylon is so great and Diego Calva, the lead of the movie is really great. Maybe he takes Austin Butler's place as like the new young actor that like gets through, especially because he has other performances that American audiences aren't like acquainted with or maybe Adam Driver for White Noise, or maybe Colin Firth for Empire of Light if he's lead, or maybe Colin Farrell. Like, you never know what's going to happen. There's too many names for this category. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, no, I actually, I, again, have the same five, just in a different order. I think Brendan Fraser is my five. Austin Butler is my four. Uh, Leo is my three. Song Kang-ho is my two. And Hugh Jackman is my one. Um, he right now is my winner. I think we were talking off air that, he it's you know it's Florian Zeller he's gonna have the monologues he's gonna have um he's gonna have the moments and I do think Hugh Jackman is a really good actor and I think it's gonna be time for him to show it uh Nicole what is your five I would really love it if Hugh Jackman could show that he's a good actor it'll be great yeah uh, would love to see that somewhere. You've never um, seen Watch Prisoners. That's the only thing I can recommend to you. I am a huge Jackman well, here. It's well known. I'll say Watch London, uh, but no. Uh, <laughs> I have in my number five. I have Colin Firth Empire of Light because uh, of what I did with my best actress um, predictions, and I think that if Olivia Coleman is getting in. Um, it's likely that they could push Colin Firth too. He's so well liked. Um, and he's given some really nice performances in the past few years that haven't necessarily been recognized. Uh, so I think it's time. I then have Colin Farrell for the Banshees of Anishirin. Is that just right? I don't know. It's better than I did last time. Um, and yeah, I also think like after Yang will help push him in for that because I don't see him getting nominated for after Yang. Um, but I think it could help him 
Then I have at my number three, Kenzie's husband uh, for Elvis. Um, I think he is going to take the sort of bright young thing spot. And I think that people have been returning to that movie and everyone I know who didn't like the movie still thought he was fantastic. Um, And I also think he's going to have the Elvis, like Elvis's family's uh, money impressed behind him. So, Uh, and then I have Leonardo DiCaprio, like Kenzie said, I have him sitting at my number two, which is kind of my spot for if there's someone that I know is getting in, but I don't think is winning. And that's definitely how I feel about Leo. And then I have gone out on a limb. I love to make an early uh, gutsy prediction. I think Brendan Fraser is winning. I think there's a really good narrative there. It sounds like a really good role. Uh, and I could really see it happen. So I, I would love to sort of see them actually give it the campaign for that to occur. Lex, what about you? Okay. Um, I'm going to be real. This one was the most difficult for me. Um, so I don't have a ton of clever commentary to contribute um, until I get to my number one and my number two, I guess. Um, number five, I have um, Mr. Centaur himself, uh, Mr. Adam Driver for White Noise. Um, yesterday, Nicole and I were in Anolta. And we were looking at what's the cologne? What was the cologne he did? It's the Burberry Hero. The Burberry Hero. And the older lady was like, he was like a centaur in that ad. It was beautiful. Yeah. Um, and so for that alone, I think he will maybe get an Oscar nomination. I think the appeal of Adam Driver is something that we shouldn't look past. I also think that Adam Driver, people do feel um I, I think there are other people who feel like I do that he should have won an Oscar a few years yep. ago. Yeah. And I think that that could help push him towards another nomination. Yeah. Um, my number four, I have Colin Farrell for the Banshees of Insurance. Um, mostly because I just like Colin Farrell. I think that'd be cool. <laughs> and then number uh, three, I have Leonardo DiCaprio for Killers of the Flower Moon. Um, I I have nothing clever to say. I, it, it just feels like one of those where it's, um, a Oscar type, like it's a perfect storm for an Oscar nomination on that one. So that's kind of all I have to say on that. Number two, I think Austin Butler, um, I agree that he's going to have the Presley family money to back him up. The fact that they're letting him play Elvis's guitar and they wouldn't even let John Lennon do that. Um, eh, um, I think it's, I think it's also deserved. Um, I thought I was, I walked into Elvis ready to make fun of Austin Butler just because I'd watched so many press videos of him continuing to do the accent. And then I was so genuinely impressed by his performance. Um, I also think that biopics tend to just fare well for Oscar categories. I thought he gave a better performance than Rami Malek for Bohemian Rhapsody. Um, So I am in full support of a Austin Butler nomination, but it would mean the universe to me if Brendan Fraser won for The Whale. Um, if there was a universe where Brendan Fraser and Sadie Sink both won an Oscar, I would simply pass away. Um, I am in love with Brendan Fraser. Uh, the Mummy is more like the daddy to me. Um, <laughs> George of the Jungle has a huge amount of um, sentimental not attachment ready for to that. Me. And so for those reasons, I, I'm, I'm here for the Brendan Fraser renaissance. I'm here for the Brendan Fraser resurgence. I'm here for Brendan Fraser getting the 
um, credit he has been owed for so long. Um, so I will, I will be making the whale my entire personality when it comes out. And I do apologize for that. Thank yeah, you. no, um, speaking on Leo as well, uh, it is, he has other than don't look up, he's been nominated for every performance that he has given, I think since, um, the Wolf of Wall Street. So like all of the 2010s. He yep. was nominated for every time he gave a performance. So yep. I do think that's a very, um, I think it's a very strong pick. And with Brendan Fraser, I think for me, I just worry. First off, it's like everyone has said, the source material needs to be seen first because uh, it is a little questionable. Um, but I also, I also worry about A24 because, you know, we've, been told that they're putting everything everywhere at the forefront of their campaign. So are they going to do that and take the whale back? Are they going to take hype from the whale and push everything everywhere all at once back? Um, it is, if this was, if the whale was neon, I would say absolutely give it the win, give it at least the nomination it's in. Um, but with the whale being a 24, it does make me question if he has, you know, the strength. And then the last actor I have to talk about is Adam Sandler and Spaceman, which if the movie comes out, you'll never hear the end of it for me. Um, but I'm getting my boy an Oscar. Uh, moving on to lead actress. Um Kenzie, who is not here anymore, she had to go take care of a child because she is a mom. Um, has you said her- that like it's a random child. She had to go take care of her child. <laughs> she had to go take care of, yes, her child. Um, <laughs> her five is Regina King for Shirley, Naomi Aki for... Oh, I didn't mean to do that. Ugh. Naomi Aki for I Want to Dance with Somebody, Olivia Coleman for Empire of Light, Margot Robbie for Babylon and Kate Blanchett for Tar. Um, for me, my top five is Viola Davis for The Woman King, Olivia Coleman for Empire of Light, Kate Blanchett for Tar, Carrie Mulligan for She Said, and Margot Robbie for Babylon. Um, I do think my Carrie Mulligan decision needs to be switched. I don't think she is going to be campaigned as lead just based on the trailer. I mean, we still have to see the movie and everything. Um, but yeah, getting confirmation that Empire of Light was coming out this year um, is like a blessing and a curse. I'm super, super excited for it. It's almost like how I felt about Little Women a couple years ago, where when I look, I love Little Women and I like, I'm so happy. But when it was like actually announced to be coming out that year. I wanted it to be awful <laughs> just for the sole fact of like, okay, everything's all set up. We're all good. And now here comes something that's like unbelievable, just like ramming into everything. Um, Some of us just had it in their Oscar predictions all along, Jacob. Uh- <laughs> well, um, but yeah, I think the woman King, I like the trailer. I don't think it looks like a Oscar-y type of trailer, um, but of everything else, I don't have any other, 
you know, I don't have anything else to build this off of. So she's my six. So yeah. yeah. Um, and I will move on to you. What is your five through one? Okay. So my five is Naomi Aki for, I want to dance with somebody. Uh, like I think Lex said earlier, you know, biopics and particularly musical ones, um, or ones of musicians are a pretty good bet. So and not to, not to cut you off. Yeah. Musical biopics about women don't have to be good. So yes. We anyone, do know that. <laughs> anyone who like, cause that was where I was as well. And I don't have her in my five. Um, she, I think she's like my seven or eight. Um, we have to remember that if the movie's bad, that doesn't matter. She'll win the, the golden globe and then go on to the Oscar. Yeah. Um, I have Kate Blanchett for Tar. I may move this up. My thing with Tar is I'm waiting to see if I think like how it'll play with the Academy, but I've heard that she did a lot of really intense prep work for this role. Uh, and she's Kate Blanchett. Definitely My number three um, is this is how Carrie Mulligan can still win the Oscar. <laughs> but no, truly I'm, I'm holding this spot for Carrie Mulligan until we have confirmation of who's going lead in supporting in. She said, um, because I do think if they do rule her lead, this is a really good shot for her. She was in like high consideration for an Oscar a couple of years ago. She's an actress who should have won an Oscar several years ago for an education, but I digress. Um, so I'm sort of holding this now, but I feel like this category more than anything is the one where I'm waiting for confirmation on what's coming out this year, who's going in what categories to really firm things up. Uh, but it doesn't really matter with my top two because my number two, once again, my spot for someone I think is guaranteed a nomination, but not a win is Olivia Coleman in Empire of Light. If Olivia Coleman shows up, she's going to get nominated. Um, I actually maintain that the reason that Mitchell's versus the machines got nominated for an uh, animated feature is simply because Olivia Coleman voices uh, a character in it. Uh, <laughs> but my number one then is my girl, Margot Robbie for Babylon. Um, I think it's Margot's year. I think she's someone who's not necessarily overdue, but she's put in enough good work, both as an actress and a and a producer, to feel like it's time to reward her. Um, I would love to see her get the reward for Babylon. The pictures and stuff that we've seen of her looked great. Uh, I'm I'm really excited about this performance for her, and I think you know she is someone that even when I watch movies that are bad, she is consistently good. So I have no doubt that this is going to be a really good performance. And what we heard from the test screenings, which I know you can't always trust, but what we heard from them is that she's amazing in it. So you know I'm ready to run her campaign, even if I am mad at her for being in Amsterdam. I'm still going to get her an uh, an Oscar. So. <laughs> Yeah, we'll get her an Oscar this year and then, of course, an Oscar next year. Um, exactly. Lex. Actually, okay, funny enough, uh, after after this is all done, I was going to run through everyone else's um, top five that is a part of Oscar Central, but I just looked over at Jillian's and Margot Robbie is her only person <laughs> for lead actress. Because um, nothing else funny. matters. Margot's winning. <laughs> exactly. Um, Lex. What about you? Okay. Um, so my number five is Margot Robbie for Babylon. Um, I I don't have a good reason for not putting her as number one. I'm sorry. Um, I hope she wins it. God bless. 
Um, number four, I have Carrie Mulligan. Um, it is a thing where, again, I said this for supporting. It, it, she and Zoe could flip flop. Um, I feel like it's hard. It's too hard to tell right now from just the one trailer we've seen. Um, so I do think that whichever one, however they play it out, they're both getting nominated. It's, it's a matter of who's going to be lead, who's going to be supporting. Um, I would just love for Carrie Mulligan to get lead. I thought she deserved it for an education. And I also thought she deserved it for promising young woman. So I feel like her time is owed. Um, number three, I have Olivia Coleman, um, mostly because I love her. And um, again, like Nicole said, if she shows up, she's nominated and I'm a-okay with it. Um, number two, I have Naomi Aki for I Want to Dance with Somebody. Um, I'm actually looking forward to I Want to Dance with Somebody. I love Whitney Houston. Um, and she has such a tragic and interesting story. Um, and I do think that it's, it's like we said, biopics, particularly music ones, um, tend to fare well at the Oscars. I'm, and I think, especially when it's someone who has such a complex story, like there's, there's probably a lot to work with there in that story. Um, so I do think she'll pull for one. And then number one, I have Michelle Yeoh for everything, everywhere, all at once. Um, I just, thought her performance was so gut-wrenching and beautiful and I just would love to see that and also I'm in love with Michelle Yeoh um and the moral of the story is if I'm in love with you you get my number one spot um so talk to talk about uh I want to dance with somebody uh of course it's by the same writers of Bohemian Rhapsody but I will say she doesn't do any singing um which I guess since we're talking about this, do you guys think that that will hurt uh, her? I feel like especially with actresses, it means a little bit more than actors. I know, um, like why didn't he do it, any yeah, singing? Because Rami Malek didn't <laughs> sing. Well, that's why I was saying like actresses. I think it might hurt more than uh, with actors. I don't, I don't know that we know that it does though. Like, yeah, I think especially because it's Whitney Houston. If it were, I mean. I don't, I don't want to insult anybody. Whitney Houston has a voice that I think is very, very hard to replicate. And I just, I don't know. I, I feel like it's a, it's a lose-lose in these types because it's different with like Elvis where Elvis has a very distinct voice and he's a very good singer, but it's not this like, he's not belting half his songs like Whitney Houston does. Whereas I think, you know, if she doesn't sing and she lip syncs, then it's like a thing where it's like, well, that's going to hurt her performance because she's not really singing. But then if she did and she didn't sound like Whitney, that would hurt it too. Like there's kind of no way for her to win in that situation. Um, as I don't know, as long as she doesn't walk over to piano and sing happy birthday, like in Bohemian Rhapsody, because that scene really freaking pissed me off, <laughs> then I, I think I'm okay with it. The only happy birthdays that should win Oscars are in CODA. Exactly. Um, yeah, so let me just run through the rest of Oscar Central for their predictions real quick. Ricky's top five going one through five, or five through one, sorry, one, two, three, yeah. Uh, Ricky has Robert De Niro for Killers of the Flyer Moon, Tom Hanks for Elvis, Paul Dano for The Fablemans, Jesse Plemons for Killers of the Flyer Moon, and Brad Pitt for Babylon. 
Uh, Jillian has Brad Pitt for Babylon, Colin Farrell for Banshees of Inishirin, Chris Pine for Don't Worry Darling, Paul Dana for The Fablements, Kihai Kwan for Everything Everywhere. Adriano has Seth Rogen for the, or Jesse Plemons for Killers of the Flower Moon, Seth Rogen for The Fablements, Kihai Kwan for Everything Everywhere, Robert De Niro for Killers of the Flower Moon, and Brad Pitt winning for Babylon. Um, when it comes to supporting actress, Ricky has Laura Dern for The Sun, uh, Patricia Clarkson, or no, Gene Smart for Babylon, Laura Dern for The Sun, Patricia Clarkson for She Said, Vanessa Kirby for The Sun, Michelle Williams for The Fablemans. Uh, Jillian has one, two, three, four, yeah. Stephanie Sue for Everything Everywhere, Gene Smart for Babylon, Jesse Buckley for Women Talking, Sadie Sink for The Whale, and Michelle Williams for The Fablemans. Adriano has... Vanessa Kirby for the, the Sun, Sadie Sink for The Whale, Lily Gladstone for Killers of the Flyer Moon, Zoe Kazan for She Said, Michelle Williams for The Fablemans. And let me get through these last two just so everybody can have their nominations said. Ricky and lead actor has Brennan Fraser for The Whale, Diego Calva for Babylon, Hugh Jackman for The Sun, Leonardo DiCaprio for Killers of the Flyer Moon, Austin Butler for Elvis. Jillian has an interesting one. Uh, Britton Frazier for The Whale, Colin Farrell for The Banshees of Inishirin, Tom Cruise for Top Gun Maverick. I really wish she was here so we could have talked about that. Um, Diego Calva for Babylon and Song Kang Ho for Broker. Adriano, I'll just say, of course, has Brendan Fraser at number one. I don't think he's going to move that at all. Uh, but he also has Austin Butler at five, Christian Bell at four, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio at three and Hugh Jackman at two. Uh, and then moving on to the last one. Ricky has Carrie Mulligan for She Said and Lead Actress uh, at five. Kate Blanchett for Tar at four. Viola Davis, The Woman King at three. Olivia Coleman, Empire of Light, two. Margot Robbie, Babylon, one. Uh, Jillian just has Margot Robbie for Babylon. Uh, that one's it. So... Um, clearly you see where her mind is there and then one, two, and finally Adriano has Florence Pugh for don't worry, darling, Olivia Coleman for empire of light, Michelle Yeoh for everything, everywhere, all at once, Naomi Aki for, I want to dance with somebody and Margot Robbie for Babylon. Um, okay. So proud of you. You read all of that. Yes. I, <laughs> I'm working, uh, I'm working on my. My reading, hopefully I can read a book before the end of the year. Um, but yeah, that's everyone's thoughts about the acting, state of the race. Um, sadly, Kenzie couldn't make it to the end of the show, but she was still here for most of it. Um, I will say we do have a couple listener questions and we can get through some of these pretty quick. Uh, one of them says, which acting category do you see potentially being the strongest slash deepest and which one do you see being the weakest? Um, Nicole, do you want to start with that one? Okay. Um, sorry. Can you repeat the question again? It's just which category, which acting category do you think okay. is the strongest? Like the most people that could win could be nominated and which one do you mm. think is the weakest? Okay. Um, that's so hard. 
I can you have, start. Yeah, I was going to say, do you have I, thoughts on this? I think lead actor is okay. the weakest. And I think yeah. by the day, it keeps getting weaker. I think mm. um, just in the past two weeks, not to mention anything, of course, everyone knows that uh, Next Goal Wins was pushed back. But there's also rumors that another movie is going to be pushed back, which could have had another lead actor in it. Um, and I just think with a lot of stuff, you know, we're talking a lot about Babylon. Diego Calva is very unknown, um, a new name. We're talking a lot about, um, you know, Bardo is, I have someone in here. I have Daniel Jimenez Cacho from Bardo, uh, still an unknown name. It's a lot of the big names that usually you see people get in um, aren't there. The fable For the Fablemans, the lead actor is going to be a child. He's not getting in. Sorry to some of the uh, more professional people who do this. Kid actors aren't going to get in until it's like a revolutionary performance. Um, but I just feel like a lot of lead acting, they are kind of getting thin. That's why I feel like, especially with Austin Butler, I feel like he's, I mean, we can't say anyone's a lock right now, but I feel like at least for the first half of the year, and that's another thing. With the first half of the year, there hasn't been any lead acting performances that really stand out. Um, I mean, Tom Cruise is for Top Gun Maverick, but that's not. And Austin Butler. <laughs> well, yeah, other than Austin Butler. <laughs> okay, I just um, need to make sure that Kinsey didn't listen back to this later. Yes. And, uh... um, but I mean, there hasn't been anything in all the big movies that we're talking about Oscars. Um, no one is talking about the lead acting. Um, so I do think that that might be the weakest in terms of, especially depth, um, when it comes to the acting. And I think the strongest for me is the strongest as it is every year. Um, I do think it's lead actress. I think, you know, I have my five, but I think Naomi Aki, great great position not even in michelle yo the one that everyone is predicting right now she's not even even in my five we haven't even talked about till and especially with all the you know recent news of this year um regarding all of that uh having you know showing up you've got uh you know you've got decision to leave where yeah. tong wai did a phenomenal job apparently jennifer lawrence is coming back with red white and water florence Pugh, even for don't worry darling um i think lead actress is probably year after year one of the deepest i think that in supporting actor and i definitely think with this year especially that lead actress is going to be a bloodbath just to get into the five yeah I was looking back over it and I do think that lead actress is definitely the strongest, particularly with the news this week that Olivia or that Empire of Light is confirmed to come out. So we have Olivia Coleman sitting in there. Um, I think for me, I would say supporting actress is the weakest right now, just in terms of the fact that I feel like there are so many places there that I'm like, not even positive if 
that person is going supporting, if that will be the supporting actress from the movie that they push, you know, like, I feel like there's several right now where like one of us has somebody from one movie and like the others have somebody else. And so I feel like I'm least confident on things there. It could actually end up being like a great category. It's just the one that right now I feel like looks really shaky. I have three and supporting actress that have asterisks by them. Uh, yeah. Greta for White Noise, Carrie Mulligan yeah. for Spaceman, and Lily Gladstone for Killers of the Flower Moon, where they could go exactly. lead or supporting. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I do agree with that, where I feel like we're kind of taking, like Sadie Sink, who is a lead, and we're just noting the usual um, Oscars idea of kid actors and throwing them in supporting. Um, But yeah, no, I do absolutely still agree with that. Uh, Lex, any thoughts from you? I agree with everything that has been said. Uh, Okay. Uh, And then the last question is, what does Elvis need to get into Best Picture? Okay, Um, I have a lot of thoughts on this. Okay, go for (laughs) Um, it. I think that what it needs essentially, if it's going to get into Best Picture, I think that, the fact that like we have a set year of 10 uh, does help it because I do think that in a year of 10, your nine and 10 spots can go to something a little bit more crowd pleasy, let's say. Um, and I think that what it really needs is to rack up nominations. And that sounds funny, like, yeah, of course, but I think it actually has the potential to, I think it has the potential to get in a lot of places below the line um costumes production design editing sound things like that and I think at a certain point if it's checking all those boxes and then getting Austin Butler maybe Austin Butler and Tom Hanks um maybe they try and push you know Baz into the conversation for director not that he would even need to get it but if he was sort of in people's top 10 I think it could get in I think the other thing it needs is a strong campaign. Mm-hmm. And I think it's very likely that they give it one. I think Baz is a director that people like in terms of, um, how do I put this? I'm not worried about him saying something on a press tour that's gonna, you know, bite him in the ass. Um, I don't think he's gonna like piss anyone off. I think he's probably gonna like keep his mouth shut RE Marvel movies. Um, but no, like truly, I think that they do a good enough campaign uh they use the fact that the like presley family likes the movie um and if they're willing to sort of go to bat for it too then i i think there's a world that gets in i don't feel like confident in that yet but you know yeah no i i completely agree i think using the presley family would be the biggest um the biggest thing for me because the presley family of course has so many roots already in Hollywood now. Um, And it's like you said, I mean, Bass has only ever gotten one movie, a Best Picture nomination, and that was Moulin Rouge. Uh, But if you look back at Moulin Rouge, it got, you know, it got a couple, quite a few nominations and two wins, Um, which I do think that it's very confident that Elvis will show up. It's not going to be like a House of Gucci costume design only or makeup. They didn't even get costumes. That still blows my mind. Um, It's not going to be like a one nomination 
kind of night, it's going to get a couple. And I feel like they need to almost, they need to almost Nightmare Alley their way in where they just kind of That's get enough. really good comparison. Text mm-hmm. and uh, text and makeup and stuff like that. Austin slides into the, um, to that actor spot and then the movie just goes with it. Um, but yeah, I think that's what, that's what I see. I think they would need to do to even be considered for best picture. Do you know what I think? This is what I worry with Elvis is I worry that Austin Butler's continuing use of the accent coupled with Tom Hanks's performance and everyone's criticism. There's almost like a memeability around it. Oh yeah, I, I mean that's like TikTok's like taking it by storm. Yeah, TikTok's taking it by storm, which is unfortunate because I do think, especially in a ten lineup, it definitely I would I would put it. I mean, in the movies I've seen so far, which granted we've got half the year left, but so far I would definitely put it in my list so far. Um, but what I would worry about is the fact that the way social media has kind of memed that movie, that's going to have an effect on it. So I think if, you know, come the fall, the winter, when we start to amp up the campaigns, yeah, if the Presleys want to use some of that money to give it a stronger campaign, I think the harder they push for Austin, I think they got to push for Baz, um, because I think if Baz gets a nomination for director, it will up its chances. I do think it has the potential. I, I think, honestly, we need to let it rest for a minute. We need to just let the jokes play out. And then come fall, winter, when we start campaigning again, that's when we kind of start giving it a serious push. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I think My thing is, I kind of am curious to see how the whole, I know some people have been calling a push for Top Gun Maverick to be nominated for Best Picture. And in my mind, they're kind of vying for the same spot. Um, So I really do think it's going to be interesting to see, you know, there's also people being like Tom Cruise for Best Actor. Um, If that campaign really takes off, I think it could cost Austin his nomination. And I I kind of right now have a feeling that like one or the other is going to triumph and make it out of the first half of the year, because I do think that Elvis is of everything that's come out thus far that I can see as like a legitimate contender that the Academy goes for maybe the best shot at a best picture film Um, nomination, not a win, (laughs) but yeah, I, it'll be very interesting to sort of see if they're able to keep it in the conversation well enough until nominations actually occur yeah i'd say i mean especially out of the first half of the year i'd say there are three movies that i would give like genuine best picture like even nomination like thought to and that is top gun maverick uh elvis and everything everywhere all at once those are the only three movies where i'm like i genuinely think that they have a chance which i agree i I just I think everything everywhere all at once is a little too weird for the Academy to nominate for best picture. I think it could get in other places, but I just worry about it. Oh yeah. No, I agree. even though like it's um, my favorite of those three. Um, but yeah, so those were our listener questions. Make sure if you're listening now to, um, 
always tune into Oscars underscore central and find out when we post those and maybe uh, come out with a question of your own. Um, But that will do it for this episode. I know it was a little bit longer, but we tried to get quite a bit in next week. We will be back discussing. Nope. Um, Which means Nicole, if you're going to be here, you have to see it and you have to see the other movies too. This is me (laughs) announcing. I won't be here. Oh my God. (laughs) No, you don't have to see it if you want to come on, but I think you should see it for cinema, um, as Harry <laughs> Styles would say. No, but next week we'll be back discussing Nope, and we'll be discussing Jordan Peele, uh, his history with Kean Peele and the Oscars and everything like that. Um, but until next time, Nicole, where can people find you? You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Letterboxd. That was out of order from what I normally say, and it just really threw me off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At Nicole Ackman 16, I have a link tree there that I actually definitely need to update um, with everywhere that I write and podcast. Um, and I also am going to plug on my other podcast really quick and just say, one of my other podcasts, that um, Maggie and I are going to be talking about persuasion on- oh, um tune uh, into that. Yeah, on Petticoats and Poppy Sister Girls at the Movies um, and picking apart why it doesn't work. Um, and it's going to be brutal. So definitely, you know, keep an eye out for so that. So you're saying it won't be totally lit? I mean, it, we'll be lighting something on fire, tell you that. <laughs> um, Lex, where can people find you? Um, they can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and I think letter. I honestly don't know what my letterbox username is. Um, at at Alexis Willie, W-I-L-L-I underscore. I really need to change that handle because I hate being called Alexis with a fire burning passion. Love to my parents. They picked the wrong freaking name. Um, but that is my, that's my social media handle for now. Um, and then I'm on TikTok at, at Moonshoes Lexi. Uh, you can follow Kinsey on Twitter um, and all social medias at Kinsvanunu. Um, you can follow the show on TikTok as well at Oscar Central, Oscars underscore Central, I'm pretty sure. Um, Kinsey wants to let the audience know that she will be campaigning for Elvis in all categories, but particularly for her husband, who they have been married uh, by court of law, uh, her and Austin Butler in lead actor. Um, for me, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, letterboxd xbox everywhere you can find me at tbear57 it's all the same thing um you can find the show of course at oscars underscore central you can find us at oscarscentral.com don't put the ad in there it's www dot um and, and we'd also like to extend a uh, a warm congratulations to ben affleck and jennifer lopez <laughs> Yes, they're marrying the Dunkin' Donuts. Everyone, yeah. everyone, go get Dunkin' Donuts tomorrow. If they're not flying a, a flag at half mass or giving away <laughs> half price donuts, they are doing something <laughs> wrong. Um, but yeah, until next time, that is the show.